Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. First up, I want to thank our supporting partners who make the podcast possible, and this month that's Canyon and Magura. Canyon have recently launched their latest e-bike, the Spectral On. They've managed to crush range anxiety by fitting in a 900 watt hour battery, yet with some super clever design, they've managed to reduce the weight to get the overall bike to be around 22 kilos, which is super impressive. Along with that, they've lengthened the reach and the rear end a little bit, and they've slackened the head angle by a degree when compared to the last generation of the bike, which makes it a great all-rounder that's going to be capable of whatever kind of riding you want to do with it, be that gravity focus, flowing single track, or a bike park trip. I spent some time on the bike out in Italy last month and more recently on my local trails and I can confirm that the Spectralon has a lively, playful ride quality and it feels much more like a regular bike that's not carrying the weight of a motor and a battery. It really is a lot of fun to ride. If you want to find out more about the Spectralon then you can check out last week's episode of the podcast with some of the team responsible for its creation. The bike's available now and downtime listeners can get free bike guard on any Spectral On orders from now until midnight CET on the 3rd of May. All you need to do is to use the code FUN-ON-2022, that's all uppercase FUN-ON-2022, at the checkout over on canyon.com. Terms and conditions apply and you can find those in the show notes for this episode. Magura is not only providing riders like Loic Bruni, Finn Isles and Danny Hart with the incredible braking performance that they need to race at the top level, but they also make a setup that's still super powerful and much more affordable. Their four-piston MT5 brake offers an unbeatable performance to price ratio at just €100. That's half the price of its big brother, the MT7, which I've been using and absolutely loving, yet the MT5 still offers nearly the same stability and power. Also, with the MT5, you get to benefit from the Magura Customize Your Brake Program, which we talked about in a recent podcast episode. That means you can choose from three different lever shapes, four different rotors, and four pad compounds to adjust the brake to exactly your needs and preferences when it comes to ergonomics, stability, and power. So if you're looking for a brake upgrade this season, then get yourself more control with Magura's MT brake range. Head to magura.com and find out more. While you're here, don't forget to subscribe to the show or follow the podcast so you never miss an episode. There's buttons to help you get that done over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe. Merch is available if you want to support the show. That's over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash shop. If you want a copy of the first issue of our print project, Downtime EP, then you can do that at downtimepodcast.com forward slash EP. All the links you need for all of this stuff are in the show notes for the episode over on downtimepodcast.com. You can also get in touch and give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook by heading to at Downtime Podcast. All right, I recently got a message from James Anderson asking me if he could come on the podcast to share his story. James grew up with monoplegia, which in his case left him with significantly reduced muscle development in his right-hand side, along with dyslexia and dyspraxia, leaving him with significant challenges to overcome and a diagnosis that said he would never play sports. Fast forward a chunk of years and James is now an elite level downhill racer with his sights set on great things. And he believes that mountain biking has played a huge role in who he is today. I was inspired by his story and wanted to share it with you all. From the physical challenges to the mental health side of dealing with his condition, James shares an open and honest insight into fighting adversity and what you can achieve with a ton of passion and determination. So without further ado, here's James Anderson. James Anderson, welcome to the Downtime Podcast. How's things? All good, man. I uh, can't thank you enough for having me on. Like, I really appreciate it. That's no, a pleasure. When you got in touch, I was like, well, this is a story that that needs telling. So I'm, I'm excited to get into it. And normally we start with how people got into riding. But yeah. for you, your story starts a lot earlier than that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Um, so, yeah, it starts all the way back at birth for me. And yeah, when I was born, uh, I um, had some complications and um, I was starved of oxygen to one side of my brain. So it led me to develop the condition called monoplegia, which is a form of cerebral palsy. Um, and I've hidden this my entire life. Um, it's been something that, you know, as you can imagine, it'd be quite hard to open up about. Um, and yeah, like... That was straight straight off the bat. There we are. So um, when I was born, um, the doctor told my dad that, you know, straight up I would never play sport uh-huh. um, just because of the complications because at birth with myself being obviously starved of oxygen, I developed um, dyspraxia and dyslexia because obviously the, the brain damage that occurred at birth. So 
Um, this the, is from the, was it the umbilical cord? Yeah. Getting yeah. wrapped around your neck. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So, yeah, decided to do that. Probably not the best idea, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we made it happen and we... <laughs> We, we made it here, so, yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's, yeah, let's break it down a little bit. Yeah, then. Yeah, so yeah. I guess, well, how does how does monoplegia kind of manifest itself in, in your case anyway? Yeah, so um, in my case, it damaged my right-hand side of my body. So uh, the muscle development was way slower on my right compared to my left. Uh-huh. Um, so this was really apparent when I was like... Three years old, my mum tells me. I was running around the playground, as my mum will tell you. I used to love running around. I was <laughs> super active and, and all that. Um, and I'd always knock my shoe off. Like the teacher okay. would be like, you know, why is he always knocking his right shoe off? He walks with a bit of a limp. You know, what's what's kind of going on there? And so from there, um, my mum took me to uh, Older Hay in Liverpool. And we had some scans on my brain done. Uh-huh. Uh, revealed that I had um, nerve damage okay, uh, and, like I said, developed monoplegia, form of cerebral palsy. So, um, yeah, so we were hit with that and then uh, we had to kind of na- navigate our way through the next steps and the next steps were they referred me to the orthotics department in Oswestry uh-huh. um, and I started, well, I was fitted with a splint yeah. to like be able to walk like properly. Yeah. Do you know what the splint's doing in that case? Like what's it helping It was with? stretching out my muscle in my right leg uh-huh. because yeah, the way the muscle had developed, um, it was like super short. Okay. My leg was, was quite a bit shorter than my left yeah. and we all have shorter legs, right? You know, we, we do as, as humans in general, but for me it was quite exaggerated. Um, and as I get on to later in the story, uh, they were really worried the orthotics department that they would have to go in there and, and operate on me as like, you know, for like at this point I was like six, like they would have to operate on me and, and lengthen out my legs. So, you know, when I got older, I wouldn't have so many complications, but, um, yeah, like we'll touch upon that later, but you know, thankfully we didn't, um, but yeah, walk it like I said. Like the biggest thing I noticed when I was really young is like, okay, we're off to we're off to some hospital, and uh, I don't really know why. Uh, yeah, okay. So you didn't really, nah. you didn't feel it as such because I guess nah. you've been born with it. That's everything yeah, yeah. you've always known, That's right? What I've known, yeah, that stuff's all I've known. So yeah, yeah. interesting. Mm. So you get this splint at what? What age did they start? I was, on? I was three years old, uh-huh. um, and also I had to walk, I had to wear a shoe raise. Okay, which dude like tested both of them as you can imagine as a kid yeah but yeah uh i was prescribed them uh to uh, the shoe raise to basically line up my hips okay so i would walk uh, a bit more normal i guess uh-huh. uh, and and not put a lot of strain on the one side of my body because obviously yeah it's, it's, it was like fully out of whack at, at a young age you know it was quite quite a bit mm, yeah a bit of a difference so um yeah to wear the heel raise and and a, and a splint from the age of three all the way up to 12 years old so wow. yeah like you can imagine as a kid like you know going to school and stuff like yeah I'll, i used to hide it like all the time mum's like yeah you got, you got your splint you got your heel raise i'm like yeah 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 but i fully like hid that thing under the bed like that's <laughs> like no way yeah like i don't know like we all want to be normal right or like sure. try and conform to what we we think's normal yeah and like in our sport you know like what's normal <laughs> i guess like looking back now True. but yeah as a kid i was just like yeah i don't want anything to do with these these things that i have to wear like you know because you know i just want to be like the other kids like yeah and kids really... kids can be cruel as well right like... yeah yeah had all that yeah from from a really young age yeah so. now nah, looking back now maybe who i am and uh I'm stoked about that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a stubborn, stubborn poke. So was it other kids that kind of pushed you into hiding it, do you think? Or was it something that was natural for you to do to try and keep it under the radar? Yeah, I had a little bit of that when I was really young. Um, but yeah, I guess like my dad, like, God, my dad, like, yeah, if you, he's a, he's a stern dude. So 
he would say like you know just well just do your best and um i guess like i would i just try and like forget about it uh -huh. you know and just be like i'm gonna be like all the rest of these guys yeah because i want to like you know i, I just want to be i don't want any excuses i don't want any asterisks over my name yeah like i want to be i want to be just as good as them you know and i don't want to lean on it but as i've got older i've realized what i've achieved yeah um with all the complications and i've been like you know i want to share the story now you know because yeah, yeah when you've been used to hiding it away for so long and then then you're like we'll get to where we are now like you're you know, you're proud, you know, you're proud and, and, you know, hopefully this can help other people, you know? Um, but yeah, for sure, this, this whole, this whole condition made me who I am, which is, you know, a stubborn, stubborn dude that's, that's <laughs> here in front of you. Like, I ain't, I ain't never given up this. Like, yeah, yeah I'm full charge. No messing. Yeah. No. So do you remember learning to ride a bike? Like it's a big thing for most kids. Yeah. Like the photos that I sent over email to you, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like six, seven years old there. Uh -huh. I'm still on stabilizers. Yeah. And you can see on that one. It's cranked right over. Yeah, yeah. it's cranked right over. So like, and you can see the splint on the photo that I showed you. Like, like I am banking on my left hand side of my body at, at like seven years old mm -hmm. because the right hand side's just like, in effect, doesn't want to know. Like the, the muscle whole buildup on that right hand side's depleted because yeah. of the, the brain damage. You know, it just won't, it, it, I, to put it in like con, like, like layman terms, I guess it's like, I don't know, like as a, you're trying to build one side up and you're building it real well. And then like the other side's just like, I don't know, maybe like I'm like 40% behind on the other side. Uh -huh. But like, as I'll touch upon later in the pod, like working with my coach, Neil, like, made so much so much gains in such a short period of time on on that yeah. so it's 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 a good we're in a good spot now so yeah but like going back to what i was saying about the about the stabilizers thing i even now just watch looking it back i'm like it's all you know the one side's all bent because i'm loading my left hand side because yeah. you know that's it's almost like i'm just operating off my left which is a bit weird but yeah. you know that's that makes sense yeah though, that's right? that's how the, the whole brain kind of wanted to work i guess yeah yeah go on do you remember getting off stabilizers how old were you when you when you sussed God. it out and got that kind of enough balance to be able to ride yeah around? i was late eh? i was like yeah i was around 10 years old okay so it's like super late like and dad would try and try and try and i'd fall and i'd fall and i'd fall you know and people listening to this you know probably like oh you know they understand now like uh but yeah like you know, I'd fall down probably more times than I'd stay on the thing. Yeah. And uh, eventually we got there. And my, like I said, my dad's a, a stubborn, stubborn dude and no quitting him either. So he was like, come on, you can do it. Nice. You can do it. And uh, yeah, we did it. You so, got, got used to crashing and getting back up at a young age then, right? Part of the game, eh? Yeah. Love one. Love a crash, eh? <laughs> <laughs> what, and what about mountain biking then? When does that become part of things? <sighs> yeah. So... Mountain biking kicked off for me when I was about 13 years old. Like, um, what, and what state are you at here? Like physically at 13, like give us a bit of a feel for that. Yeah. Yeah. So at 13, obviously that the document I gave you, that did the study on me. Yeah. I'm still at this point, like the right hand side is still really weak. And, you know, doing this pod makes me realize it's as much like, obviously there was a condition, but I was neglecting it. Like uh -huh. I, I was, you know, not wearing my splint as much or the heel razor, not really working as hard as I should be on that right-hand side to make okay. it stronger. Um, Which is normal for most kids, right? No, not many yeah. kids are like at the gym at 13. No, no. Working yeah. and stuff. So it's, it's fairly standard. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. you mean you were avoiding. I was kind of avoiding it. it uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, the mountain biking started like 13. And, you know, we were, we were talking about before, North Wales. Yeah. Like nice. So Class spot. Yeah. Yeah, repping it, repping uh, Flandegla. What a spot! Uh, so yeah, started at Flandegla, and uh, that was it. I just never forget that feeling, like riding, um, that freedom, you know, like you know, after everything that 
kind of gone on. Like, you know, I just wanted to, didn't want to find something and, you know, kind of be, you know, express myself, you know, express myself and, and find a channel. And yeah, I found it. And, um, what, what was it then? Was it an instant addiction like that first ride at Grandega? How did you kind of get into you know, it? Yeah. You know, just like talking now, like it's that channel. Like, you know, I said, like this whole thing's made me determined and, you know, just, just not taking no for an answer. Mountain biking. I mean, you know, we all know, like you can, if you want to go, you go, like yeah. you grab your bike and you go and you don't stop. If you want to stop. You know, you can, but you can go anywhere you want. And that's what I love about our sport, you know, and that's, I think that was it, you know, like I just, I grabbed hold of the bike and I was like, wow, like I can channel all my determination and all my, you know, maybe, maybe a bit of an ang- bit of anger, uh-huh. you know, if I'm honest, yeah, yeah. into this sport. Yeah. And dude, I loved it. Like from the moment, you know, I stepped on the bike, um, never forget it and here we are now yeah 28 still loving the thing gave you a reason to to progress that yeah that regressive right hand side and definitely to, to work yeah yeah it. yeah that's a great point like you know gave me the vehicle you know and that was a whole reason for reaching out to you to tell uh-huh. the story you know it gave me that vehicle to channel all this determination and yeah like i said a little bit of anger maybe but just just make myself better yeah and this sport made me better you know? nice yeah like yeah and just just talk about it now i'm just like yeah it just makes me really appreciate what a sick sport we have <laughs> it's a very good sport yeah. we'll find out a bit more mm. about how far you progress through it but yeah to take us back to that first ride mm. 13 years old like you say still quite a significant imbalance i think yeah at some point around that age you'd been diagnosed as dyslexic and dyspraxic yeah as well do you want to just give That's us correct. like a little overview as to what that means yeah um so the dyslexia thing obviously it's a learning difficulty that was affected my like academic skills um so obviously that was something in school like of extra time trying to learn stuff um i'll probably touch up on that more later but the dyspraxia thing was the real like hard element when it came to riding and something that you know, I'm really proud that I've, you know, semi-overcome now. Um, I was telling you before we did this podcast, like the biggest thing for me is like, I'd go around, <laughs> I'd go around right-hand corners, my weaker side, and I'd grab the front brake, like straight up. <laughs> and that's just, you know, like saying it on the pod, it sounds ridiculous. And it's like, why, James, what, what are you doing, man? Like, you know, that's, that, it's not how you go around a corner, but the brain is like telling you one thing, but your body's doing another. Yeah. It's so weird. And that's um, the dyspraxia That's the dyspraxia yeah. thing. So obviously I still deal with that to this day, but we've worked hard to to make it to where we are now and, and in a good spot. And, you know, where I work with my coach, Neil, and we do all the different reaction drills and, and balance and technique work stuff in the gym. And you know, I've managed to really overcome that. Yeah. Because um, that is the most weirdest thing. Like now I think back, like, you know, being diagnosed with dyspraxia, yeah, like <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense. But right-hand corners would be my nemesis. Like I'd wash yeah. the front so many times. <laughs> was, that, was that evident from that first mountain bike ride? Like, mm, no, I thought so much. Obviously, Flandegla, more like a trail centre, it was it wasn't so evident. I just do stupid stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just go over a jump and my weight would go one way and I don't know, do some random stuff. That, yeah. You know, I was like, well, I just want to jump the jump, but I'm doing this completely wrong. <laughs> the buzz was there, right? The you buzz were, was there. Like, yeah, in. straight up my enthusiasm probably outweighed my ability, like straight up. Um, but you know, I was still going to send it. Yeah. Good <laughs> stuff. So where do we go from there then? How do we get from that to kind of deciding to have a little go at, at racing and, and getting into the gravity side of it? Oh man. Um, so my mum, again, like, yeah, I have a lot to thank her for because she took me to the Fat Face, uh, I think it was a Fat Face race at, I forget, like Fat Face Night Race. Do you remember okay. that one? Oh, like, I don't remember that. That was like up the road at Mulfrey. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they had the downhill on in the day and then the forecross in the evening. Oh, nice. And at the time, 
G, Rach and Dan were living up the road from uh-huh. us in Trafonin. And uh, mum was like, yeah, there's some pro mountain bikers that live up the road and we should go watch this race. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, kind of deal. Like I wasn't like super into the idea at the time, um, but I went and uh, I met G, yeah. G Afton at the race. And like I watched him come down the hill and I was just like, this dude's sick. You know what I mean? Like, this is insane. Like, and then, like, she got me to, like, meet him and he talked to me like a, like a normal guy. Yeah. And I'll never forget that. Nice. That was so cool. Like, and, and, like, just touching upon that, like, yeah, I'll set it straight up. Like, I ain't scared. Like, like, G was a hero from, from, like, young. Yeah. You know, because I followed that family since that race and, you know, I was like, that, you know, all the stuff that he did, like, you know, he's a gnarly dude and, <laughs> yes. he, you know, I want to say I see a lot of myself in him because obviously he's a legend, but, you know, that's a tough dude and, you know, I, you know, I just got no quit. So, yeah, for sure, like, I see a lot of myself, like, in him and cool. he's been an idol of mine ever since. And, yeah, I watched the race and, man, I was like, I want to do this. This is amazing. These guys are so cool. Yeah. And, yeah, like... I just couldn't believe it was happening on my doorstep, you know, in like mid Wales, like, you know, Mulfrey, Clan It's like these superstars are like just right here and I want to be just like them. <laughs> so, it's a good place to start. Yeah, Mulfrey. What an OG track. Yeah. <laughs> so what what was your first race? First race. Da, 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 da. Going through the archives now, right? Ah, oh, it's a FOD. Mini downhill race. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Didn't Classic. sleep. Didn't sleep the night before at all. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you? God, I was like second year youth. Okay, so like 15, yeah. 16-ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, again, like, 16, you know. Yeah. So I've only been into the sport at this point, like, yeah, two years. Yeah. So, yeah, and left how, it And late, how's the riding coming on then? Like, how are you getting on with it at that point? Mm, like, yeah, okay. Again, I'd say, like, probably my enthusiasm outweighed my <laughs> ability. It's all good. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and I love this. Yeah. And I'm going to go full send into it yeah because this is amazing and that's what i want to do nice so yeah what do you remember from that first race then i was like mid-pack yeah but yeah yeah you got were you happy with that yeah i was like all right like i was like yeah like mid-pack not too bad um like i said i didn't sleep the night before at all so i was like oh this is what i want like this is amazing like you know i'm gonna race the downhill mountain bike race and you know, like that feeling of that buzz and yeah, I remember checking the clock and it's like 4am I'd not slept at all. <laughs> I was just so not excited. <laughs> so not the best race prep. No, but you know, like I say, just the enthusiasm through the roof <laughs> and yeah. just, uh, just buzzing. And that's where it all started. And how much kind of impact did you feel the monoplegia or the dyspraxia was having on your riding at that point? Was it still oh, quite significant? Just pretty erratic. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've always been like kind of that kind of <laughs> dude, just pretty erratic. But like, yeah, like just charging intersections, like you're not getting my breaking points right, you know. I know all this stuff looking back now at the time, I was like, I'm just sending it. Yeah. You know, like I- All in. I'm all in, like- I'm just going full send. And if I make it around this corner, I make it around this corner. <laughs> like, uh, just, you know, that's, that was the, you know, the determination, but yeah, like, you know, held it together, but like scrappy, uh-huh. like real scrappy. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, just, um, yeah, just making a, a lot of mistakes and stuff. But, you know, like I said, just the buzz, I was just super determined, like to just, love every moment of it yeah and just yeah seeing you racing was for you after that then yeah yeah for sure like i just i just love that feeling of progression like and i think you know i listen to a lot of your pods as well and every race that comes on like there's no such thing in my opinion as a bad race because you've learned you know like whatever you know like whatever's happened that weekend there's got to be something you know, that you've learned from that weekend that you can put into the next weekend. And that's what I love about our sport. And, you know, like, you know, my conditions help me with this because like, you know, I won't give up and yeah, like if there's something that I'm facing a problem or something like that, like, okay, how do we overcome that? Like, What have we got to do to make ourselves better? What have we got to do to make the bike better? All these things, you know, like, 
And that's just, I feel like that was born in me when I had these complications, like straight up, like, yeah, you have these problems on paper, like what you've just re read the document, like technically I shouldn't be doing this, you know, if I'm to read all that black and white on there, <laughs> Yeah, but you best believe that I'm doing it until I'm done. Like yeah. I, I ain't stopping anytime soon. Yeah. And you threw yourself in, right? You did yeah. a lot of racing yeah. from that young age and started yeah. working your way up the yeah. categories. Mm. Were you, did you have any support at that point as far as like the physical or the dyspraxia side of things? Were you able to have someone in your corner that could kind of help you with that? Or were you just riding loads like most young kids do, yeah. I guess? Just, just riding really. Like there was nothing like mountain biking was my outlet, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the orthotics department in Ozestry knew that. Yeah. Um, and I would just go and ride and ride and ride and I'd fall off and fall off and fall off. But then I would learn, you yeah. know? So every time I'd have a crash or something or whatever, like, you know, I'd, I just learned, like, you know, and it was, it was that that kind of made me realise the whole thing, you know, and, like, how I can make it better, which was obviously, as we'll touch upon later, through training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, was, the, was the riding itself good for the condition? I mean, every, every bit of riding you're doing is yeah, building like, you up, I yeah, guess. Yeah, building but. me up for sure. Like, obviously, it's all kind of going into my left side because uh -huh. that's the side that the brain's kind of more receptive to because of this nerve damage, you know? Yeah. Um. So my, you know, I've got a photo that I look at that's just from high school and, you know, I'm in a set of board shorts and my, I'm like, I'm like 18 at this time uh -huh. and my right leg's like still like a stick. Yeah. Like compared to my left, you yeah. know, my right calf now. So yeah, like it's good. Definitely. Yeah. All the work I'm doing and all the riding I'm doing, but it's kind of just like loading all into that left side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the side the brain's like, okay, let's, let's shove all this muscle mass and all this strength into that side. That's the most receptive. Yeah. So yeah, like good, but also bad, I guess. Okay. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. I'm, you know, just love a left-hander at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Praying for left-handers all the way down the track. Happy days. And you're working your way up, right? So yeah. you went up through the age categories. You started working your way up the results sheet as well. Yeah. So you must've started yeah. to feel like, okay, yeah, there's okay, something getting here. Somewhere, yeah. Yeah. We're getting somewhere. And then up, into the adult category. Yeah. Did you race, did you go straight up into expert or did you go into? Yeah, from junior. Yeah. Went and hunted those points and uh, I just wanted to be an expert, yeah. So got to expert and did it for a few more years. Um, And then like, I guess I got a little bit frustrated that it maybe wasn't panning out how I wanted because, you know. And, and how did, what did you want at that age? Like, what did you say? I want to be on? professional. Okay. Yeah. Like straight up, I want to yeah. do this and ride for a brand. Yeah. Ride for this brand. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's straight up true. Um, I wanted to be professional. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just touch, you've just opened it up there. Like, I know exactly why and looking back now. It's because I did no work on that right hand side that was weaker. Mm -hmm. You know, like. Yeah, I, I wanted to race at the highest level, but, you know, I wasn't putting the work in that, you know, I was putting the work in, but like not, not specific. Yeah. You you're know, still I'm pushing different. it aside. Yeah. 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 Condition. Yeah. And I needed to accept who I was yeah. as a person to, to move forward, you uh -huh. know? Um, and that involved working way harder on my right hand side. Yeah. So what triggered that then? How do you get from this kind of expert not feeling quite yeah. like you're heading in the right direction to, mm. to taking on board the monoplegia and starting to proactively do yeah. something about that? So it's all come around like super late, but like just at that point, um, yeah, I just, like I wasn't, getting where I wanted to be. And, uh, I stepped away from the sport, uh -huh. an expert. I yeah. didn't ride a bike for two years. Fell out Did, of love with it a bit. Yeah, a bit. Cause I wasn't, you know, getting where I wanted to be. And then yeah. I came back two years later and. Does this, does the step away coincide with going to university? Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. I went to uni and like now I think about, yeah, like learn a lot more about the human body. Yeah. So you studied sports science? Yeah. Sport and exercise yeah. science. So. And was that based on 
was that decision based on the fact that you enjoyed the mountain bike inside or was it based on your condition or was it a bit both like based on uh yeah i love mountain biking and yeah. and this sport for sure um but during my three years of study like i learned so much about the human body and then was like you know learning you know about myself a bit more you know reading into it and i was yeah. like oh, okay like you know i've hidden this away for so long um so yeah and then like some of my friends at uni they would be like they'd see all my old stuff from when i was racing and they're like oh man like this is so sick like oh why don't you you know do you not do this anymore i, was like, oh, I used to like why like this is the coolest thing ever you know and i'd take a break for it for two years just to be you know lads and all that yeah <laughs> but they were like man like it's incredible and and i never forget that conversation with all my friends at uni um i was like yeah you know i you know this 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 makes me me yeah do you know what i mean and um why have i stepped away from that you know and then i got back into it you know raced in senior expert elite yeah. went, went straight from there and then got back into elite well got to elite sorry yeah um and yeah, we're, we're nearly where we're sat right now. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. was that, was that progression at, when you came back to the sport, senior expert elite, was that mm. progression a, a newfound kind of enjoyment or determination? Yeah. Was it the fact that yeah. you knew a bit more from your degree about how to strengthen that right hand side of your body? Were you yeah. getting more help? How did you, how did you change? Yeah. It feels like you were in a bit of a stalemate before yeah, like yeah, locked definitely. into that expert yeah. class. Yeah. How did you unlock it? I, you just hit the nail on the head with all those points, really. I, I learned so much about the human body in my degree um, and how to relay it into myself um, and what work I needed to do to get to where I wanted to be previously, mm -hmm. you know, which was riding for a brand and being professional, you know, yeah. and, and, and racing World Cups. Um, so I began working hard Um and I guess that's kind of what I'm known for now. Like, I I don't mind having to work twice as hard as maybe others because, mm -hmm. you know, I this is what I love, you know. Um, and if that means I've got to, you know, do twice as much work on my right-hand side to, to get me somewhat normal, you know, like that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah, at this point I'd learned a lot about the human body from my study and I knew how to to train myself to, to make it better. And yeah. I worked with some coaches uh, along the way that, that helped. Um, but I was still figuring it out the, the extent of how hard I had to work and what I had to do. Yeah. Did you get involved with Alan Millway at some point? Yeah. So Alan trained me for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and again, like I could have probably been a lot more open about how bad it was. Okay. With him, you with mean? him. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so we could work a bit harder on that mm -hmm. right-hand side. But he was involved, like, like Alan's world-renowned, like he's, you know, one of the best of the best, you know. And yeah. he helped me so much strengthen that right-hand side. Um, so, yeah, like I owe a lot to him to, to getting me to where we are now. What sort, sure. what sort of stuff did you have to do then specifically? Is it just like twice as much work on that side? Yeah. So like with thing? the rep stuff, so typically about, you know, two to four more reps on the one side, mm -hmm. like a lot of coordination kind of stuff um, on that right hand side, just getting the brain kind of, it's like almost like one side of your car is not working, I guess. Uh -huh. and it's trying to fire up those cylinders on that. Yeah, yeah. Wake up those cylinders on that right hand side of the car. Yeah. Um, so we would do stuff, you know, like that, like single leg squats, like um don't you know, kettlebell, you know, single leg kettlebell stuff and you know, a lot of isolation work just on that weaker side. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, it helped it helped a lot, you know. Is is the the like pre workout warm up? even more important for you as far as like getting the, the synapses yeah, exactly. firing and getting that your brain yeah. to talk as much as possible to the right hand side. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that I've, you know, since I've since moved on and I work with Neil at complete performance in Wrexham mm -hmm. and, and that is something that we've worked super hard on this off season. Uh -huh. And I was probably, again, you know, I, I was, 
I was just an open book with Neil when I started working with him less as last year. Yeah. And it's changed everything for me. It really has. Um, but yeah, like we do, we do so much work like that, like one legged balance stuff, tennis ball exercises, you know, throwing, catching, like all sorts of stuff to get that, you know, brain saying, you know, you've got a right hand side. Let's, let's use it, please. Yeah. <laughs> what about you know? the dyspraxia side of things? You mentioned earlier, there's certain things you've been doing to try and help that as well. Yeah. The dyspraxia. So I'm also, um, a coach. I do bikeability coaching for Denbyshire council. Oh, nice. Um, and I, I guess like that's kind of helped me because teaching you know, the kids the correct, correct breaking, you yeah. know, like using a little bit of the back before the front and stuff. But, um, a bit about that harping on every day, to be honest <laughs> about how to use our brakes. And then, yeah. um, also like I do quite a lot of cone, cone work from okay. like just skills work in like a car park and that like back home, like I'd use, I'd put some cones out just in the back garden yeah. and I'd just go round and round and round and round and round, you know, just practicing using the brakes correctly, like using, a big thing for me was, you know, getting that, using that right, that, even said it wrong now. <laughs> Cut that part. <laughs> um, you get used to using the left before the right, yeah. Yeah. And like just tripping over myself there, like that's an example of how I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, oh, left, right, you know. Still get that. I still, yeah, yeah, yeah. like straight up, I still get that like, oh no, that's that's not, you know, that's the left, that's the right. You know, yeah. uh, you know, probably sound like a little bit of a, of a dumbass on, on podcast, but you know, that's just how it works. You know? Yeah. Um, but so, we're, we're getting there. So we're does the, there. Does, do you still feel that dyspraxia plays into your riding or do you think it's mm. just, you've had to do more practice than anyone, than other people to kind of embed those techniques? Yeah, I, for sure. I've had to work harder. Um, that's probably why, like, you know, I, as yeah, I love riding a lot of people, but I have quite a set routine now. I, from Monday to Friday, I do my off the bike training and I do my on the bike training. And uh -huh. when I'm going riding, I have a specific focus every time. Okay. Like at, at Langothlin, um, which is where I do a lot of my riding and I'm testing out bits and bobs. Um, I'll practice on brake modulation. Uh -huh. So like a right hand corner, getting it in my brain, you know, to, to modulate that left hand more than I modulate my right hand. Yeah. You know, cause obviously I know we do a lot of our stopping through our right you know, our front brake. Yeah. But, you know, as I said at the start of the pod, you know, as it, you know, as a kid when I was figuring it out, I just fucking, I jam just it on, jam that thing on and just jam that. <laughs> <laughs> Straight out the front door. Straight out the front door. Like that's all she wrote. But, uh, yeah. So I am, as I've got older, like, and come to terms with this whole thing a lot more, I've learned to embrace it. And, and every time I go riding now or, you know, cause, um, obviously I've, sponsors you know to ride for on that now so every time i go out i i work on those objectives yeah you know what can i get better at um and how i can work that through the day like and i have like a checklist that i go through and what i want to work on in like body positioning whether yeah. it be that or um brake modulation like we spoke about or even trying something on the bike, which we are at the moment. Um, I have all this checklist and, you know, I, I make sure I do it Yeah. because I'm getting, I'm at the point where I want to just get better every single day. Impressive, man. Yeah. Seriously committed. And it mm -hmm. sounds like you've made big leaps forward every time you've been kind of more willing to let the monoplegia and the yeah. dyspraxia yeah, for sure. into your life almost yeah. like accept them. Yeah, definitely. So I think, you know, I'm a big believer in self-reflection. Um, and I think a lot of athletes are like, um, but a lot of the stuff we've just talked about in the pod and the struggles that I faced, I wasn't being honest, Yeah, you know, and this is, this is me now, like telling the whole story, you know? Um, and from that comes good performance. I think, yeah. you know, if you're just straight up honest with yourself and yeah. like reflect and, um, what can we do better? I think you'll always achieve great things, you know? Um, and I, I believe that I do that throughout my life now. Um, and it's, you know, hopefully it's going to show this year. Good stuff. And we've yeah. talked a lot about the physical side of things. Yeah. 
talk a bit about the mental health side of things because obviously that's a challenge. Yeah. Has that has that been hard and has that improved again as you've kind of become more accepting of things? Yeah, like for sure I'm massive on mental health. Like I listen oh you were talking about before the podcast started and I was talking to you about another po- podcast. Can I say yeah. it on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gypsy Tales. Yeah. I'm big into big into that and and some of the people listening on this uh, show will know what's that's all about. And that guy is super reflective and honest, you know, and um, that's what I am now. Like, you know, reflecting on, like I say, what we can, what I'm doing and what I can do better and and just being honest with how I'm feeling because, you know, as you can imagine, there has been dark days and I'm talking real dark. Yeah. Um, But... Having said that, from dark, and it's a bit cliche, from, you know, out of the darkness comes light. But it's it's straight up true. And, you know, now just sitting here talking with you about it all, I realise why I am so, I was going to swear then, but brutally determined. Yeah. Because I am, like, you know. And this, you know, racing World Cups and being here and doing this is what I love. And that's what I want to do for as long as I can, you know. Um, So I think to answer your question, it comes from a lot of self-reflection, yeah, and and good mental health will come from being straight up honest with yourself and that's probably where I'm at now and in a real good spot, so. Are there any, like, techniques or anything that you've found work for you from a mental health aspect or...? You mentioned the self-reflection. Is that like a process that you go through? Or is it, is it just... Yeah, like, like um, I have like a real tight circle now mm-hmm. of people, like who are my people that know know the whole story. Yeah. And my girlfriend's a massive part of that. Um, she actually works in mental health as well. So okay. she's been a massive asset to, yeah. to me uh, and everything. So, and her family, are, you know, they're, they're the best, so... Um, I guess like, yeah, just keeping your circle tight, you know, like we spoke about before the pod, like, you know, having, having a good core group around you that, mm-hmm. that understand you and, and want the best for you. Yeah. I think it's all about surrounding yourself with those people in life. I think just in, in general, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Cause from that circle and from that point, you're going to create real good stuff, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Positive people, positive people. And that's the thing, man, like this. Like, yeah, if you read that document that I gave you and, and all that stuff, yeah, it's all doom and, well, doom and gloom, you know, like, you know, James is this, James is that, James has all this disability, James has all this problems, you know. And if I read that all the time, I probably would be, you know, doom and gloom. But, like, it's made me be like, okay, like, that's what they think. Yeah. This is what I think. And this is where I'm going. Yeah. Because nothing's going to stop me. Good stuff, man. Yeah. And you've clear, yeah, you've clearly achieved huge things right so you've got back into the sport work yeah. your way up into elite yeah when does the decision come to to head to the world cups <laughs> wow um god when did so it's 2020 yeah it's 2020 not the it, best year right <laughs> no nah, it was the pandemic eh? and and i just I, jay had just got me on board at orange yeah yeah how did that come about <sighs> like Growing up and like people can listen to it and say, of course, of course you say it's orange bikes. Of course you say orange bikes. But it was like, you know, I'd watched like PE like as a kid growing up and I I thought that is the coolest brand ever. Like, and I wanted to ride for orange bikes Uh straight up. So it was just before, just before COVID and I was like, you know, I'm going full charge into this. Like, I'm emailing, I'm emailing. Yeah. And, you know, at this point, I hadn't, you know, there's no groundbreaking results here. Uh-huh. But if people, like, you know the story now, they'd probably be like, well, you've done all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I emailed Jay um, and actually um, got people listening to pod. They'll know Sandy Plenty. He's done yeah. so much for people uh young racers growing up that guy does 100%. so much yeah from uh, the trailhead in shrewsbury yeah, big, yeah. big love to sandy big love to sandy sandy does so much for younger talent and we were shooting a crank brothers yeah it was crank brothers 
um, shots of what were we shooting? The Reekin. I can't remember what we were shooting there. I think it was just some shots for God. My brain fails me. So good. So good. <laughs> no, uh, what were we shooting? No, uh, we were shooting. I think it was just some. Oh no, sorry. God, there we go. The old brain kicking back in. There we go. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, yeah, it was the new synthesis wheels. Oh, that, yeah, okay. yeah, they were coming out, and Sandy yeah. was shooting, uh, shooting me on the new wheels, uh-huh. on the enduro wheels, and we up the Reekin, and um, he's just like, you know, like about orange, like JJ man to speak to. And yeah, I was like, oh, okay, cool, 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 and I'm like. <laughs> at this point I'm going away from the photo shoot like oh my god like they've got you know like, I'm still a kid you know inside like you know on the verge of something that you know could potentially change my life and you know I emailed Jay emailed Jay like Jay you know like and I sent in my CV and, and all that stuff and and whatnot um, and I was waiting waiting to hear back and then one day the phone rang and it was Jay, like, and, and he was like, "Oh yeah, we've had we've had a chat internally, and uh, we want you to come on board and represent Orange Bikes." And <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like again, getting emotional to think about it because, like, this after everything, you know, all the stuff we talked about, I was like, you know, I I had the determination, sure, but did I have the the ability, you know, at this uh-huh. point? And um, I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to repay this guy because he's given me something that I've dreamed about yeah since I was yeah you know, since I said I met G you know yeah. like so yeah he said come on up uh, next week and we'll have your bikes ready for you I was like, wow bikes and, you know oh, we, we had we had spoke about what I wanted at this yeah. point and you know I come up and there's my three bikes ready for me I've got my downhill bike my enduro bike and my gravel bike and he's like here you go and I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> I'm like, this is everything I dreamed of. Like, uh, and Jay's like, you and me, and Lay is like, yeah, he's a straight guy. Like, you know, and uh, and I was so grateful, like, so so grateful, and um, excited because I'm, you know, this is the start of it, and I'm gonna work so hard to repay this guy and this brand. Yeah, because yeah, this is what I want to do. So nice. Yeah, there we go. That starts there, and then. And then, yeah, the 2020s when the World Cups begin. Yeah. So was your, your first round would have been Maribor, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fast track. Baptism of fire. Yeah. <laughs> and a very strange environment that year, right? Like very yeah. sort of closed, closed off pits, everyone in little yeah. bubbles and stuff. So God, yeah. being a privateer at your first World Cup, yeah. I guess, is yeah, even so, harder. Yeah. So did all that off, you know, my own back, went to the races and, and stuff. And yeah, the double headers and, I'd still at this point I'm like because there was no domestic racing going on I'd got a jersey at this point to yeah. go and, and run rep for, for GB and and race the World Cups and it was so cool like I mean yeah like a baptism of fire the track but like you know I'm with these guys like we've you know, I want to say made it but like yeah this is what yeah. I dreamed of you know yeah. Um, and yeah, we did Maribor, you know, like came up short, like at both, both rounds, but yeah, yeah I'm still hooked because this is, you know, I ain't, I'm not giving up and this is amazing because, yeah. you know, I'm sat on the start line with the, you know, some of the biggest names in the world and I'm going to go and give it everything I have to be just as good. Sweet. Yeah. So how, how is that, how is the kind of progression from there panned out? So we've had another round, another year of world cup since then yeah. like what's what have you been doing from the racing side of things like how's it all going with with orange yeah um sat here right now like real good like we're in a really 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 good spot like last year i raced again i did maribor again yeah um i did the european cup and i did some of the nationals uh-huh. the uk nationals uh, some enduro races um and in last year I was involved in um developing the new bike that you've probably just seen that's released yeah. the 279 mm-hmm. and uh I am pretty ecstatic <laughs> because you know I've been with the brand for two well this is my third year now sorry and we've I've, I've worked a bit with Alex the designer and Kelvin 
the product line director, yeah. fed back a bit, you know, what was going on last year with the with the with the two the three two nine to to this, you know, what I felt like needed changing, and obviously they made their decisions as well. And I am really excited about this bike because it's got some wicked angles on it and it's it's moving in the right direction and it's it's going to be really competitive i think cuz uh-huh. it feels so planted and and it's it's just way more aggressive than last year's one if i'm honest yeah. and um yeah i'm i'm really excited to see what i can do on it it's it's like yeah we've got some things going on that they're going to hopefully help performance as well and uh-huh. Um, I feel like you're in a really good spot to, you know, let the ride and do the talking. Nice. <laughs> and you're, you mentioned when we chatted last week, you're short of points to automatically mm. qualify. So you're working yeah. on jerseys and stuff. What's yeah. The, yeah. What's the plan for the rest of the season? Yeah. So hopefully get to uh, the remaining World Cups in that situ, um, race the nationals yeah. and then see how we get on. Hopefully get, get on Fort William. That would be so sick for the, the brand and myself, you know. Yeah. So yeah, do do that one. Like I said, doing all the nationals, um, and yeah, just any World Cups that I can, you know, hopefully do good enough in the nationals to to get on get that yeah. spot, you know. Um, nice. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much that, and uh, just keep working as hard as I can, man. Cool. Yeah. And any plans to throw any enduro into the mix? Any EWS or? Yeah, the well, the boys are here today. I was speaking to them. I, you know, hopefully, I think I I don't have don't have the points to do the full one, but I probably do the hundred first. Yeah. Um, yeah, I want to if I can if I can get get to Tweed Valley. I'm I'm all about enduro as well. So come and do some enduros and uh, yeah, like I, I haven't got it ironed out totally yet, but yeah, I would for sure love to do a few rounds, uh, become a bit more. Or clear in the next couple of weeks, I think, which rounds I'll I'll go to and that. Yeah. But yeah. Hectic calendar. What and yeah, what are your it. sort of personal objectives for the year? Like what would make you happy looking back at the end of the year? Like to move forward again, like progress, like just sitting here now with you, I've taken some pretty massive leaps, I guess, okay. over the years. Um to keep progressing and um be better. Like I feel like honestly sat here and and talking about this and then with the bike situation we've got now and and all the things that are currently going on here at Orange, I feel like we're in a really, really good spot to be to be doing some good work and putting in some good performances, you know. And I think like going back to what I was saying about the self reflection, I think that that element's gonna hold me in good stead throughout the year, you know, and uh and do my best, you know, like I, I think, you know, if, if everything in my mind's eye, like if I do what I think I can do, we'll be in a good spot to maybe talk again at the end of the year. Happy days. Yeah. And where are you at physically now then? Do you, do you measure anything like imbalance and stuff? Is this, is there metrics that you can look to improve on that side of things? So, I mean, Neil, my coach at Complete Performance, he does keep a record of it. Oh yeah, actually, that's a really good point. So, um, we do a lot of what bike testing. Okay. And previously, I would be about fifty percent on my left leg, the strong one. Yeah. Sorry, I got this wrong again. Blah, blah, blah. So, like, it would be like fifty forty four maybe. Okay. So, like, the right hand side's like six percent less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because you get a power readout. From yeah, you get a power readout. But we did a test the other day, uh, max power sprint test, and. I got 50-50 on leg balance. Sweet. So we've made big, big improvements. That's and, huge, right? And yeah, like I can't thank Neil and Michelle enough at that facility because I've got like a complete package now. Like I do all my work there. Yeah. And I, every time I step out, step in that gym, well, every time I step out, I feel like I've moved forward a lot, you know. Awesome. And it's a credit to that facility. And I've got everything I need there. I've got my physio my coach yeah. and the sick, sick gym set up. And then I go and ride where we talked about before, like North Wales. And, you know, it's just a nice like routine that I've got going. And, yeah. you know, I feel like everything's in line, you know, to, to do some good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. And do you have like 
from the imbalance are there any other kind of knock-on impacts on the rest of your body like wear and tear or things that you have oh, to yeah. kind of keep up to up to yeah, speed yeah. with like look after yeah so that's a good point um yeah i work with michelle bowen um neil's partner at complete uh-huh. performance and she works quite hard on releasing my left hand side okay this is a really good point that you triggered me on there because uh um because it still is prominent to this day like how much i still favor the left hand side just walking and yeah. and stuff like that um my lower left back of my back winds up and yeah. i get super tight through the whole my left hand side so she loosens it off through like acupuncture and all that physio stuff nice. and um work like that to just release it and transfer the the work to to both sides of my body so yeah, yeah it's you know she she does some amazing work and uh, she helps me so much so yeah like definitely and you know it like like i say it still wears on me and and that and i'll i'll often find myself like needing to sit down quite a bit more than probably the normal uh-huh. normal human being i guess yeah well and you're putting in a lot of work right so you yeah got, yeah yeah you've got that that's fatigue true. yeah that's it yeah 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 because that's a, that's a really good point as well because like neil's like neil always says like oh how's the fatigue like after the session and i'm like oh, i'm fine <laughs> but i'm you know i'm tired you know like yeah. but i've just got used to being like yeah i'm fine dude just yeah just let me give grind. me more <laughs> give me more just come on give it to me do you find it, do you find it hard to rest because that's an important part of being an athlete right you have the, the yeah, rest yeah. is where you develop but yeah being as I've driven got, as you are, is it hard yeah. to, to take that time to sit and relax? Yeah. Like my girlfriend will tell you, like, <laughs> you just fly out. <laughs> just stop. Like, no, but I, like, I do. Like, it's a mixture of determination and just the love for riding my bike. Because, like, you know, I go off just on my own sometimes because I say I'm quite driven. I don't yeah. really care. I'll, I'll go and do the gym then I'll go ride the pump track maybe I'll go on an e-bike ride, <laughs> you know, and Neil's just like, slow down, dude. Like, <laughs> but, you know, that's what I like saying about before, you know, just the love for this whole sport as well. So, yeah, to answer your question for sure, I struggle to to just chill out. But, yeah, Lowry helps me just chill out sometimes. Like, hey, we can, you know, just, just watch Netflix. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. You can lie down. You can actually <laughs> yeah. just have a little bit of time. Yeah, out yeah, there. yeah. But for sure, I just, just love being on the go. Nice. And yeah, like you say, mountain biking's given you a lot, right? It's uh mm. it's it's so much given you the drive yeah, yeah. to to deal with what mm. you've been given and to yeah, yeah. get to the point where you can put out a watt bike test like that at fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's incredible, right? Yeah. I, again I like hesitate. I go, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, like I'll just yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it is, I guess, yeah. But like that just reaction like right there, I guess that's just now cognitively think about it. It's like what this condition's given me. It's like, yeah, it's okay. We can do better. But yeah, yeah no, it's sick you always to want be. More. I just want more, um, which is why I'm really excited. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know where we'll we'll get to, but you know, I'm sure as hell going to put hundred hundred and ten percent into it. Good stuff, man. Mm. But we're uh, getting to, towards the end. But we'll wrap up with yeah. our four questions that we've asked a lot cool. of people these days. First one of those, if our listeners had £150 to spend to improve their performance on a bike, what would you recommend they go and spend it on? £150? Just for a month? or No, no, just for for in general to like make a step forward in their riding. Obviously I'd say this, but I'd say like get a coach. Uh For me, like Neil's like, done so much for me just keeping me like we were just talking about like you know i'll do so much but he channels me better yeah you know like okay dude it's okay to just chill out like you know i think if you're looking from a performance perspective and if you want to race i think you need to invest in a coach i think that that money's like you know maybe you spend a lot more but yeah the gains and and where you're going to go with it are invaluable sure i think yeah yeah you need the equipment as well so i don't know it's a tough one but i would say I'd say yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can, like, I raced on a, I think it was an iron horse, like, super heavy thing or whatever. Yeah, I yeah. think if you're good enough, like, you can get so far on maybe slightly less yeah. pricey equipment. Yeah, I think most so. of us can make bigger gains in ourselves than yeah. we can in the bikes that we ride, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's a big gap in the body yeah. and the human not in the bike. Yeah, yeah. So I would say 
I would say coach for yeah. sure. It's a massive one, yeah. Good stuff. Second question, if you could wind back the clock and sit down with yourself <laughs> age 16, what advice would you give him? Um, that was a tough one. So many things going through my brain. So um, a few of them out, see where they land. I would say if I'd give myself, yeah, 16, I'd say never give up. Yeah. Because maybe if I'd have stayed in it for those two years, maybe, you know, maybe I'd have got even further. Who knows? But I think that's what our sport teaches you, like in general, like I said about the crashing thing, you're always going to fall down. Yeah. It's cliche but you always go get back up. You fall down 10 times, I get, you best believe I'm getting up 11 times. (laughs) So it's just true though. Like, and I would say probably to my 16 year old self, just, just keep going. Like, let's keep working hard. Um, Yeah. Cause you know, you can achieve great things. And I think a lot of kids I'm seeing on the world cup circuit right now and, and racing in general, like there will be, Times where like, oh, I'm falling short of expectations, but our sport's getting a lot bigger. It's getting a lot more attention. Yeah, just stay in it because if you work hard and you stay in it, who knows where you're going to get to? You know, sure. um, because like yeah, our sport is taking off and it's really exciting. It so is for sure, just keep going. I'd say nice one. All right, third one. If you could have a coaching session from anyone, past or present. Who would it be and what would you want to learn? You can have more than one if... Uh, Ooh, that is a good one. Coaching session. There's a few riders you've already yeah. mentioned, but... I, oh, I've got it. I've got it. I've got two. Go on. So G. Yeah. G Atherton and Greg Minar. Okay. What would you want to learn from G? G, just to continue being a tough-ass mother. <laughs> <laughs> tough son of a... Yeah. Yeah. Like, man. I mean, I tell some people about some of the crashes that guy's had, but like that mental toughness that guy has, you know what he's been through just now. Yeah. And like, he still gets up and he still loves the sport and he still trains to get back. Cause he's going to come back and race it's insane, straight man. up. Yeah. Like, cause that, that guy is made of steel. Yeah. Quite literally now, but <laughs> yeah. he is a tough dude. Yeah. So I'd say G for that because he could teach so many kids growing up hard work yeah. and just being a tough guy that ain't got no quit, you know? Yeah. So G for that aspect and that like training and hard work element. Uh-huh. And then Greg for just being Greg Bernard, like the greatest of all time. But, you know, you watch that guy ride and I'm like, you know, cause the whole dyspraxic thing, like, you know, I mean, like, I just, I'm just loose when I ride. Uh-huh. Like I'm still to this day, like I'm just on the limit, giving it everything, like still a little bit erratic. Yeah. But Greg's just like, you watch that guy ride and you're like, it just looks like he's got so much more time than anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just mental. Yeah. Like, and he's just, yeah, he's just Greg Menard. So like you could learn, you know, to sit down and have a coaching session with Greg. Like, I mean, he could probably teach me and, thousands of people some really cool stuff so yeah like the composure element of greg is insane i think yeah. you know to still be doing it at that age like it's impressive eh? man <laughs> it's inspiring yeah, yeah straight up it definitely is all right final one what do you do every day that you feel benefits you self-reflection okay and what does that involve on a daily basis what does that look like okay like what have i achieved today okay what am I proud of? What what am I going to do tomorrow to make a situation better? Yeah. Um, what challenges am I facing currently? How can I overcome them? Mm-hmm. Um, what my schedule looks like? All these things. So self-reflection every day. Yeah. Does that get written down? Is it that formal or is yeah. it in your head? Or So, yeah, I've got, um, my girlfriend's got me a um, little diary. Yeah. And I practice writing. Every okay. day. Yeah. And I write and I write these points down. I look at them, I review and yeah. I go again. Nice. And that's what we do. How long have you been doing that? Uh, since October of last year. Okay. Have you found so, that made a big difference? Massive. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up. Like, yeah. And I think 
to others, maybe they're like, oh, you know, we've not seen him for a bit or whatnot, but, you know, I'm putting in everything I have to to keep doing this a lot longer, you know, because, you know, I want to keep doing it for a long time and I've got to make it happen this year. So I'm doing everything I can. Good on you, man. Mm-hmm. Well, it has been super like inspiring to meet you and chat and find out about everything you've done and yeah. really interesting to hear your story. And I, I hope yeah. a lot of other people will find positives and from that and energy to take into their own lives and to make changes that they want to make because it shows what's possible if you're willing to put in the graft and, and keep plugging away at it. So yeah, good on you, man. And, and good on you for being willing to sit and tell the story. I appreciate it. If people want to follow you throughout the season and yeah. kind of keep up to date with what you're up to, where's the best place for them to look? Yeah, uh, on my Instagram, uh, James Anderson underscore fifteen. Perfect. You'll find me there, and uh, yeah, we're going to be out there loving life, racing our bikes, and living the dream. Good stuff, man. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. But yeah, best of luck for the upcoming season and the future years. Look forward to seeing the the new bike ripping it and yeah. seeing how you get on. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, man. I really appreciate it. Can't thank you enough. Awesome. Cheers, James. Cheers, mate. Thank you. All right, that's it for this episode with James. I really hope you've enjoyed listening. A massive thanks to Magura for supporting this episode of the show. If you want to upgrade your braking to get incredible power and stability, along with the ability to customise the brakes to your needs, all without spending a fortune, then head over to magura.com and check out their MT5 brakes. Also, a massive thanks to Canyon. They've just launched their awesome Spectral on, and I've been lucky enough to spend some time on one out in Italy earlier in the year and on my home trails. The range is incredible and the ride is lively, engaging and super fun. You can check out the new Spectral on range over at canyon.com and as a downtime listener, you can get free bike guard by using the code fun-on-2022 at the checkout. Terms and conditions apply and they're covered in the show notes for this episode. Here's a few other things that might be useful to you. Head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Forward slash shop to support the show by getting yourself some merch. And forward slash EP if you'd like a copy of the first issue of our lovely print project, Downtime EP. As always, spread the word and make sure as many people as possible are listening. That's it for today. We've got another great episode coming up really soon. But until then, get out and ride. (laughs) 